Welcome to Ask the Accountant, the podcast that is made for you. Weekly podcast live Mondays from 8.30 a.m., released on the podcast service of your choice on Wednesdays. Your main weekly hosts, Aaron Patrick and Johan Zuri. Got something to ask? Submit your questions below or ask during the show. Podcast loading. We are currently getting everything set up behind the scenes. So sit back, relax, and we will be with you in a few seconds. Enjoy. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 14 of Ask the Accountant on 23rd of January. We are coming live to you at 8.30 on Monday morning onto all your favorite social media platforms, and we will be on your favorite podcast platform on Wednesday. My name is Johan Gori, and I am the Group Managing Director of On Point Accounting. Um, Aaron is joining me as my co-host, as always. Good morning, Aaron. How are you? Good morning. Eight days, 15 hours, 27 minutes, and let me get it on a nice round number, 12 seconds to go until we have the tax return deadline done. And hey, you're so, on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, not that I'm counting every second and trying to uh, uh, get it sorted, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think a lot of accountants are there in the same boat, aren't they? So if you are, then yeah, we uh, we feel for you. Um, yeah, it's 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 been a tough one this year, I think. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I'm still not working evenings and weekends at the moment. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm quite happy. Um, and the team have still got their weekends and evenings. Um, so yeah, I'm. It's in control. I mean, I've got a team. I've got a meeting with each individual client manager today which will update me on exactly where we are, at which point I might be grasping my chair and stressing out a bit. But, you know, yeah, we're all right. How are you getting on your your end, Aaron? Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, Boffix-wise, we're absolutely fine, to be honest. Um, No overtime like yourself, so that's good to see. The team are prepared to do a bit of overtime this week, I think, if they need to. Me personally, um, I worked every hour pretty much this last week, so... It's taking its toll. Well, that's my fault. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it. There's issues that I've done with my personal practice that I should have addressed a long time ago. Um, and there's also certain software out there that's causing me grief. And yeah, we'll leave it at that for now. Yes, we will come on to those topics later. You know what I've done, which really upset me. I need to fix it today. It's on Client Engager. You can have your own metrics. And mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got how many tax returns we're meant to be filing and how many we've done. And I keep going in going, tick, that's another one. Tick, that's another one. <laughs> I went in to do it the other night. Like, oh, tick, that's another one. Only to then delete the whole metric. So I need to go and put it back in. Ooh. Gutted. <laughs> I feel like maybe, part of my life's missing at the moment. My countdown. Maybe I'll say uh, a feedback to the uh, development team of uh, a little lock here and there. Just to... Uh... <laughs> just idiot proof it, please. <laughs> <laughs> Johan proof it now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, so yeah, no, we're we're getting there. And you, I'm seeing the usual bombardment of questions and stresses on social media. I don't know about yourself, Aaron, but yeah, I don't think it's any worse than normal. Um, and 
there's no no one said oh we're, we're expecting a delay to the filing this year like we have had for the last two years where they've extended it by a month and i don't think there's any justifiable reason for them to extend it this time no. um so yeah if it's not done by tuesday next week then it's not done by tuesday next week um but yeah although i do have a mini rant to be had around the tax deadline go for it go for it if you're an accounting software provider in the UK, I think I can see where this is going. Yep, go for it. Would you know? Uh, would you think it's not right to ask for an accountant to have a meeting, even a virtual one, on the thirty-first of January? Uh, yep. That's what I had in my a, a meeting request came into my diary last week for the thirty-first of January at ten a.m. <laughs> I'm just sat there going, "Do you even know what industry you're serving?" <laughs> Do you know what? Now, I'm not going to name the software, but come on. This is ridiculous. Wouldn't it be lovely to be a vendor, though, during this time? You know, you, you must have the time. It must be off-season for you. You know, you can just put a load of development time in. You know you're not going to get any meetings with, you, with your accounting firms. It's Yeah, it must be lovely. You see, you say that, Client Engager, we're booked back-to-back -back for demo calls all month this month. You've got people like, yeah, we'll come on to it, but you've got people like myself who are uh, yeah. thinking to themselves, you know what? I've left it too late. I've, I've left it this long and need to have help going forward. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, that brings us into our first topic, really, doesn't it? Of, it does. I think LinkedIn, if you look at that, everyone's making their New Year's resolutions, and I imagine 95% of them are broken already. You know, we're three weeks into January. I'm sure most of the gym goers and runners and stuff have already stopped. Um but I don't know about you, but like this weekend in particular, I've spent a bit of time while sat watching the telly, just mulling over some of our processes and systems and softwares and thinking, how can I better implement things ready for the next January tax rush? How can I reduce the pressure there, even though we're doing okay? You know, I still think there's plenty of scope for us to be even more proactive mm. without pissing off our clients at the same time. Um so, yeah, so I always look at the end of January and think, right, where are my pain points and what can we learn ready for April to January next year? Um, are you going through the similar type of thing, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, this is the time. I mean, for me as well, this is a time where, you know, quite, quite get my hands dirty as well. So I'm actually properly doing accounts, whereas, you know, most of the time throughout the year, my team will handle it. There's no... There's no kind of requirement, if you like, for me to get that extra capacity in. Um, and I can concentrate on growing the practice or having client meetings or whatever else I'm doing. But at this time of the year, I am actually going into clients and taking you know, records from start to finish. And that is always just a, an opportunity to open your eyes as well of, of where you can do things better, what you've done a little bit wrong, or, or where you may have dropped the ball with your, your training to your team or whatever it's going to be. And that's exactly what this whole period's been for me. Um, taking some accounts from start to finish, seeing some, you know, some places where we could be more efficient, um, some places where we could probably train our team a little bit better in how to use particular software. Um, and that's always been a, been a really good point. But I think this year, more than anything, what I've learned and what I've seen is all those wonderful efficiencies that I've got and are built in Boffix. Well, for me personally, I don't just have Boffix. I also have my own private practice as well um and i've just completely neglect, neglected it this year this year has been so much more busy in terms of me personally doing things like this podcast and videos and going to more events and trying to you know 
do that whole build that network and everything else that comes with it that I've just neglected actually those simple solutions and, and everything else that, that come with it and I think that to me has been what I've kind of learned more than anything this year is that you know it doesn't matter how big or how small and I think was it was it on ask the uh, we have cool friends was it Chris that says the first thing you should do is get yourself some practice management software I remember yeah. sitting there not nodding to him going yeah, yeah yeah that's a great idea but didn't didn't listen to it myself so yeah th- this is the you know this is a year where we, we've kind of learned even more you know more than anything that you know you need to have those good practices in place from day one so yeah i'm uh i'm in reflection mode at the moment and kicking myself for not have done it sooner to be honest yeah no it's uh and that's i think as long as you recognize the time to reflect on it and make changes ready for the year ahead that's the key. Like we've got processes and systems in place that actually the team that aren't necessarily following as well as perhaps they should. Exactly. Um, now that could be a lapse of their thought process. It could be a lapse of our training. We need to address it ready for the year ahead. Um, you know, because we've now got what two months to recharge, look at it again, again, and get ready to go again for April twenty twenty free really um so yeah it's now is a good time to reflect and just have that notepad to one side and just scribble down pain points or thoughts as they come to your head as literally as a you know like last week it's like oh it'd be really it'd be so much easier if we did this yeah and i just scribble that down and i won't action it now but i will mull it over and i'll come to it in next month and start putting that into place and going back to those notes because if you just think oh i'll deal with that you know i'll think about that again in february or march you won't remember so just noting it down and just having a a series of notes that you and your team can then review and encourage your team to do the same things you know get them to write down notes where their pain points were and can we solve this can we solve that because then when we go to conferences and stuff we can look for solutions yeah in, in our firm we have um we have a ticketing system for all our communications and on that ticketing system we can put it to urgent you know however what the priority is going to be and we have a long-term project as part of that, t- of that ticketing system and the, and it's always one of those things where you're going to do it in february or you'll push it to february push it to february one thing though i must say that like the most biggest pain point could be or the biggest issue people can have is you have this list for february february comes and you just get back straight back into the, the the work and you don't look at those those things and and this year i know i've, I've already booked the time out like i have there is certain pain points that as we're growing as we're getting you know bigger that we need to address and if we don't address them now then we're going to cause ourselves issues later down the line um and i think not giving yourself that time not booking that time out to take you away from the practice and and deal with those long-term ones is is going to be a, a big big issue for you so yeah i highly recommend it and i think everyone you speak to if you look again at linkedin you look to everything else we're all going through that growth stage at the moment which is great to see you know the industry is starting people on social media anyway are starting to see some good growth um so i think everyone needs to, to reflect and take that opportunity first of feb second of feb whatever date you're going to put to one side and got to go through that list and, and and put a plan in place for the rest of the year and stick to it because that's the only way you're going to get some uh, some traction, aren't you, going forward? Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
Right. So now we've got our note to be reflective and take notes. Let's have a see who's in the comments. So we've got Paul. Welcome back, Paul. It's always good to see you on a Monday morning listening in. Paul's still waiting on 50-odd clients to bring his records in. Lovely. That's what you want to see. And he also said he saw a comment, uh, an article saying HMRC have got 5.7 million tax returns outstanding in January. Now give me a minute. That's what I want to say. <laughs> How many zeros are in a million? <laughs> so, just a, just a thought here. 5.7 million tax returns still waiting to come in in January. That's potentially 5.7 million customers for accounting firms that could be filing late uh, last-minute tax returns. Yet, we've got all these accounting firms that have shut their doors back in December to new tax returns. Yep. If we assume a very low fee of 150 quid of a tax return, that's 855 million pounds worth of revenue sat on the table that firms that close their doors in December are closing their doors to a slice of. Yeah, that could be the difference between our tough old Iris or not, isn't it? You know, well, it could. Yeah, <laughs> we'll come on to Iris in a moment, <laughs> but yes, um, yeah, it's uh. 5.7 million. That's incredible. Um, and I'd, it'll be interesting to know where that sits compared to previous years. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm one of those that would love to see that figure at the same point in time for the last like 10 years, because I'd ignore the last two years, maybe three years because of COVID, and then look further back and see, have we learned or are we getting worse? You yeah. Know, where's the behavior going? Um but yeah, um, we've also got Ashley Leeds in the chat this morning on LinkedIn. Good morning oh, to yes, Jochen and Aaron. He said, getting a PM solution is not as easy as it sounds, though, is it? Would Who would you choose? Well, personally, I'd choose Client Engager, but that's because I've got a very heavy uh, time and investment in that software. Um, but it, there's some fantastic client uh, softwares out there. It's just finding one that works for you and your firm and the way you work. Um, a lot of practice management softwares seem to think it's appropriate for you to have to change your whole firm's working processes to suit their software, and I'd completely disagree with that. Um, you want something that comp complements your software, uh, your processes, and can be adapted slightly. Uh, you can adapt your firm slightly to modernize it in places if required. Uh, it's whether you see what they're doing as best practice or not. Um, you also said 5.7 million, really? How much money do they owe the government? Probably a lot. <laughs> um, well, there's probably a lot of money sat there. There is, but I think a lot of those 5.7 million are going to be people who have just got a tax return to complete for the sake of it. I mean, they're, you know, the PYE only. And it's going to be a nail. You, you mostly find that the people who left it at the last minute is because they don't have a tax bill, so they're not worried about it. So yeah. you kind of... I'd imagine a lot of that. If I think back to what tax returns we've got to complete, I'll be surprised if, you know, I could count on the on the hand how many will have actually a significant tax bill to worry about, you know, that, that are literally just burying their head in the sand. So fingers crossed, yeah. hopefully. Brilliant. Uh, Ashley also agrees that accountants and bookkeepers should be grabbing these clients ASAP. Um, and he goes on to say tax returns are the most profitable part of the whole work that accountants and bookkeepers do, don't you think? I totally agree. Like, this is the only time of year, or it's the only service that I get wheeled out for now. Like, <laughs> my team don't let me do anything else anymore. 
apart from be the face of the firm, which is never a you know, that's a bad start to start with. But <laughs> it's the only time they roll me out is when there's a bulk of tax returns to do because they know I can crack through them at a, a pace that no one else seems to be able to do in the team. Like I can be doing between five and ten a day if I wanted to. If I really push myself, I could probably do a few more, depending on complexities and stuff. But it for me, tax returns just click. Give me an R and D return or a CT six hundred or a set of accounts, and I'll be there for weeks. But self assessment tax returns, I can just knock them out, and yeah, that makes it a very very profitable part of our service. Um, yeah, especially when we've got software that we have that helps yeah. tremendously to get that but information in. If I could generate enough self assessment tax returns, then that's and if I had to go back to square one, then that's all I would do. Mm. I would just sit there and just do tax returns myself and call it quits um, and have an easier life, I think. Um, I mean, this year alone, just seeing software enhancements, we've got you know, shout out to our software, Capium, because they gave us the opportunity to bring in automatically P60s. I mean, that's absolutely changed the game. You know, the idea that you can just click a button, that P60 gets brought straight into, you don't have to go chase the client. Well, how many clients have we saved who normally we'd at this point be still waiting for them to send in their P60? And now we've already sent it out to them because we've just been able to click a button and it's gone. So yeah, it software makes it even more yeah. profitable going forward, doesn't it? There is a caveat to that though, isn't there? You do need to be the authorized agent to get that. You do, you do yeah. So um, current clients only, but still yeah. it helps the process, doesn't it? If it's a client oh, that you, you've been sat there, you, it, there's no reason this time next year, you know, 1st of April or whatever, or 7th of April, should I say, you can just start churning out those smaller ones and just exactly. get them out ready to sign, so... And that's, that's certainly our plan is between now and April, every self-assessment client will be sent that haven't we haven't got agent authorization for will be sent for agent authorization. Exactly. And then we're ready for the 5th of, 6th of April to start pulling in that data and start filing whether the client's ready or not. We're ready to send it to them to sign it off. Um, so, yeah, uh, Tony Walker wants to know if that's self-assessment tax returns and company returns. I believe the 5.7 million is just self-assessment tax returns. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a big number. Uh, right. One more, one more comment. <laughs> one more comment. Pretty sure 5.2 million of them are just in our office. Happy January. Oh, sounds like someone has got a busy week ahead of them. That sounds like a very bit. long eight days, 15 hours and whatever else it is. Um, uh, eight, eight days, 15 hours, nine minutes, 52 seconds. Not again, not that I'm counting. But, you know. Sounds like someone's going to be working every single one of those minutes. <laughs> um, and Paul also asks, will many of the accountants be using bulk filing software? You know what? It's outstanding to me that the amount of people that ask on social media groups, how do I file a tax return if I haven't got agent authorization? Which tells me they're using the HMRC tools, which is just slow, painful, and horrible. Like, Get yourself a tax filing software, whether it's KPM, tax filer, any of them, because you can file without agent authorization. It's the same principle as payroll software. You don't have to be an authorized agent to file the returns. Um, so, yeah, there's a bit of a education required for a lot of the accountants that are struggling right now because they they aren't using the most up-to-date systems and processes, and that's what's causing them a lot of their headaches although they'll blame their clients and a lot of it can be down to clients being late to respond. But if you've got the right systems and processes and softwares in place, 
your clients can be late and you can still have it very easy. Um, yeah. And that's, that's the learning I had this year. So Boffix I built from the, from the ground up to be as automated as I possibly can be. And we've got good, good results out of that, you know, clients are filing and sending information in because they're being chased automatically. I look at my private practice, Apple core, and that's because I don't have account, uh, um, uh, client, uh, uh, practice management solution then I haven't been chasing. I haven't been on top of it. And that's why, you know, this last week's going to be a bit, a bit naughty and a bit, uh, a bit frantic because I wasn't taking those learnings and, and you've got to reflect on that, haven't you? You've got to use those learnings and, and push it forward. Um, if I had a good piece of software like client engager, then I know full well that I wouldn't be in this mess now. So you've got to learn from that. Either that or I could be acquired. So, you know, if, you know, one point needs another accountancy firm that needs to buy. <laughs> Sound like you're in a mess. I don't think I'm interested. <laughs> I'd stay away as well, to be honest. Even Boffix <laughs> won't buy them. So, you know, that puts it into perspective. But no, it, it is the time for you to kind of um, to reflect, isn't it? And, and, and learn and use solutions like, you know, Ask the Accountant and all the other great podcasts because uh, they're, they're coming back on the thick and thin at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, listen to them, find out what people are doing. Look in, follow people like Johan on, on LinkedIn because at the end of the day, that's where you're going to find all these little juicy bits of uh, automation and goodness. Definitely, definitely. Um, Tony Walker's just said you've done a really bad pitch there, Aaron. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be a 1.4 for me, is it? It's a turnover no. time. <laughs> lucky if I get a 0.75 at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky if anyone gives you a quid. <laughs> Give you a quid to take on all your hassles. There you go. That's your <laughs> offer. Um, but yeah, so, um, right, well, where were we? So, 5.7 million, yeah, tax returns. Thank you, Paul. That gave us a good bit of conversation there. Benefit of people coming in live. So if you do have any comments or thoughts or anything you'd like us to discuss, please make sure you stick it in the live comments. Um, if you're listening to this on a podcast or you're listening back on YouTube or LinkedIn or something and you want to add anything, if you stick it into the link that is currently in the comments for our link tree, there's a form on there. You can stick all your questions and thoughts on and your feedback for that matter. We love to hear your feedback so we know how we can improve the show going forwards. Um, so we've uh, talked about the end of tax year and the stresses and strains that's putting on us and how that should be causing those pain points should be causing us some time for reflection on how we can remove them in the future uh in in aaron's case it's just do some actual work i think by the sounds <laughs> of it and to implement client engager um, it, is. it is but uh yeah so um while we're talking about hmrc and their 5.7 million tax returns they're waiting on have you seen that they've done their usual blanket letter tactic to encourage online sellers and gig workers to come forwards and declare their income. So HMRC do this fairly frequently. They target a an industry they feel is probably under-declaring or ignoring the requirement to declare at all in a lot of cases. And they send out letters to anyone they think is in this space encouraging them to remember that they should be registered for self-assessment and they should be declaring their incomes and expenses. Um, mainly because HMRC think they're missing out on tax revenue, uh, which we wouldn't want them to do, would we? Um, so I think 
my when I was reading this article on accounting web by Rebecca Cave, it kind of brought back my thought a lot of memories of when HMRC collared Airbnb for VAT, I believe it was in the end. And as part of the deal struck with Airbnb, um, their Airbnb agreed to hand over their customer list, basically. Every single person that was renting property out from Airbnb and the incomes that those their system had generated for them. And they've done the same with Uber recently. They've, and they've agreed a discount on the tax bill in return for Uber's customer list of drivers and their a list of their incomes so uh, that HMRC could target those people that have got the higher incomes and make sure that they are declaring those incomes appropriately. Um, so, the, yeah, these tactics are not unheard of by HMRC. Um, and it does help them generate quite a good return on investment, doesn't it? Um, it so, yeah, what are your thoughts on this article and the letter that was sent out, Aaron? Yeah, like you said, we have it every year. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? So HMRC seem to have two different tactics. Either the let's do a deal with these big tech companies and let's try and find a solution that's going to be uh, going to be beneficial. Or the other tactic is they just go, right, okay, if you don't comply and you don't do it, then you're going to be liable for that person's tax. So great example like eBay, Amazon, those online reselling platforms. Um and what they basically have said that if you, you know, if you have a, a user of your solution who has already hit either personal tax or that thresholds, um, then at that point, if they're not declaring, then you will be jointly liable as well. So the fear factor comes in and then they they build solutions into their systems that automatically ask for things like UTR numbers and VAT numbers and things like that so that they can be compliant. And, you know, it's interesting to see HMRC is two completely different stance. They're either going to work you know, with these people and, and do this deal or they're going to threaten them and they're going to, you know, do it that way around. I've got a bit of a hot take on this one, though. I've got a bit of a solution for them that, you know, maybe HMRC could 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 implement. Imagine a world where the tax wasn't just on pen and paper, but was digital. They could call it something like, I don't know, making tax quite digital, something like that, you know, something that could work on this one. If they were to have a more digital tax system, then wouldn't that encourage more people to be putting their tax returns in? Wouldn't that give us an opportunity to make sure that we're not missing out on revenue that, that needs to be there? Um, I mean, it's just a thought, but what, what do you think? A solution like, I mean, they could even shorten it to something, you know, MTQD or something like that, you know, something around those lines. <laughs> they could. That would be quite revolutionary, wouldn't it? A digital tax system. Yeah, although I do fear for the Royal Mail. If HMRC stopped sending <laughs> yeah. out letters, the Royal Mail would be bust overnight. So <laughs> um, we're into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there'll be mass redundancies. HMRC, if HMRC stops sending out letters, and trading uh, companies as well, they'll be out of date, out of business yeah. as well. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's the usual annual tactic of scare tactics by HMRC. Excuse me. Wow, your hand goes in the sorts out the, the dog situation. Paul's coming with dealt with four property landlord campaigns just before Christmas and getting lots of calls about the new tax condition to check for taxi and scrap metal licenses. So, yeah, their they're, timing's perfect for HMRC. I suppose 31st of January is their big point, isn't it? That they're trying to use that as the, as the tactic. But as accountants, it's uh, yeah, it'd be nice not to be inundated with these calls uh, at this point in time. 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. The dog wanted out of the door, so like I said, dog gets out the door, otherwise causes havoc. Um, yeah, I mean, this is always there. They'll do a hard push in the first two weeks of January uh, to make sure people are doing things. I would argue by sending letters, they're actually going to not get those letters until what third or fourth week of January. So they, they're going to miss the deadline anyway, because um, I think an average turnaround time for a letter with HMRC via the Royal Mail is about two weeks at the moment. Um, yeah. But hey ho, um, yeah, the HMRC have come under quite a lot of pressure recently, haven't they? I've, they've had to admit that their COVID fraud task force was a complete and utter waste of time and money, um, just adding to the waste of money from the fraud itself. Um, so I think they're just trying to be seen as proactively hunting down those tax evasive people that don't want to pay tax. Um, whether it's working or not is a very different matter. Um, but hey-ho. Um, so, yeah. Any other final thoughts on that one, Aaron? No, no. I think, you know, scaremongering and, you know, working with these tech companies in the best possible way. But again, I, I, I do think that one of the pluses that we had about making tax digital and, and one of the benefits it was going to bring was it was this sort of idea wasn't it it was going to make people more compliant um and and, and you know make sure people were completing it and, and we've got to get to that point where <clears throat> it becomes second nature for these people just to complete their tax returns and not have to think about it and not have to worry about it and the amount of times that we even have now where people have just started out in business and you know they're still trying to figure out the rules and it's so complicated for them at the beginning you know making tax digital did simplify that didn't it because it was a very case of well you need a bit of software you need to submit every quarter after the race this sort of idea so yeah it, it's another kind of for me it's another point why we, we need to keep pushing for this making tax digital world and and hopefully then once we've gone through the pain barrier and everyone's kind of gone through that then we're going to see some benefits of fingers crossed not as much of this sort of ambiguity that we have at the moment which is yeah exactly that. i mean I do wonder if they've it, the UK system's perhaps the culprit for a lot of this. Because, so, yeah. the wife and I fantasise about moving to Mauritius, and I've been watching some videos and doing some research on that concept recently, uh, as you do. But in Mauritius, like in America, everyone does a tax return, regardless of whether you're self-employed, employed, etc. You do a tax return. I kind of do feel that that blanket approach does make it a lot simpler because there's no none of this do I need to file a tax return don't I need to file a tax return when do I cross the threshold for it when don't I um exactly. I do this so does that like there's no of that ambiguity whatsoever it is a everyone files a tax return get on with it um so yeah I do feel that that blanket approach that some countries have could be more beneficial to us uh, as a nation, not necessarily, you know, it would help accountants out a lot. I'm sure we'd get a lot of business out of it, but overall, as a nation, it would save a lot of the confusion and complexity of do I, don't I? And then letters coming through saying you should have, and they and pleading ignorance because you didn't realize and you didn't know. Um, uh, because, yeah, we, we don't teach this at schools, do we? We're too busy learning algorithms and geometry and stuff that no one ever uses outside of. GCSEs, but hey ho, that's a whole yeah. different rant. Parallelogram has been so useful to me in my uh, my career that 
<laughs> of course it was a worthwhile to sit down and listen to so yeah the only circumference i've been working out is the one on my gut <laughs> <laughs> keeps increasing can't work yeah. it out <laughs> yeah well, speaking of different rants aaron i'm going to pass over the mic to you because i believe you've had a bit of a challenging week um and it shouldn't have been challenging, and the reasons it's been challenging shouldn't really exist in today's world. So, over to you, sir. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is a pre-warner. I'm, I'm going to do a video on this one. So if anyone does subscribe to the channel, then uh, do keep an eye out for a more in-depth video of this particular subject. But as I've already kind of alluded to, I've not had the best of weeks in terms of my own personal practice. Um, Boffix itself is again working working nicely. We're pretty much on top of it. My personal practice causing me a few issues, but that's down to me and my, you know, mismanagement, if you like, of not um, not using something like Client Engager. But also to add insult to injury this year is a, a friend of mine's practice is, is going through some turmoil, some problems, completely not their fault. Um, and I've offered the opportunity to help them because, uh, you know, it's where I used to, where I first started my accountancy career back in the day. Um, and you know, jumping in and helping another practice has been a right eye opener. You know, I've, I've, I've seen certain bits that, you know, is, is kind of using the whole reflection aspect of it and everything else that comes with it. Um, and basically from my point of view, um, I was given the opportunity to help them. So I jumped on now in their, in their kind of fairness to them, they are still, you know, they're not old school practice, but they are definitely not a, a fully modernized practice but you know they're, they're kind of that they're trying to bridge that gap between you know you're completely old school to your your more modernized automated digital solution um and they're going through a bit of transition themselves so it was never going to be an easy as just how it would be for me if i was to bring on a new person for boffix within half an hour they'll have all the software they need they just need one email address and they're off to the races this one was a week worth of onboarding uh, having to get certain software, having to put this thing in. It was, you know, it wasn't a, a straightforward one. And again, that's not really down to down just to them. They, they know there's some issues there that they can sort out. Well, the software they're using for preparing their accounts production software, uh, accounts production, made me feel like I was actually in the TARDIS. I felt like I was uh, not in a good way, but I was Doctor Who and um, going for a time machine. Because 10 years ago, I I was at this practice learning my, uh, how to be an accountant and I was using Iris and at the time Iris software was the absolute pinnacle software you could have and and I, I remember when I first started my practice one of the first things I did was I looked at you know using Iris as well unfortunately couldn't afford it at the time it was you know way too expensive for what my practice needed but I always had this goal that at some point I was going to move back to Iris at some point because they were the gold standard they were you know accounts production as it should be um after this week's dealing that's definitely not going to happen anytime soon so iris itself unfortunately is seems to be in a bit of a time uh, warp and it hasn't changed much since i last used it which i suppose is a good thing in one aspect because that means i can kind of pick up the work and carry on and get it things done um but also it just feels like such a shame and, and frustration that that software hasn't improved um but the biggest frustration i had out of all of it was actually seeing functionality taken away so i want to say 
five, six years ago, I did a, a webinar podcast series for QuickBooks and, and we um, we explored different apps on the App Store. And one of the apps that I actually did some time, spending some time with was Iris itself and their connection between QuickBooks and Cast Production. So the idea was that you went through and you were able to import your TB directly into Iris itself, saving a lot of time. And it's something we take for granted using KPM and tax filer and all the other solutions we've been using and iris jumped on the bandwagon and, and put it there so i know this functionality exists i've done a whole podcast on it webinar on it um i spent time researching it and, and looking at it and, and kind of putting the details together and how it works and everything else well being backs against the wall i needed to get this job done so first thing i did was i took my quickbooks license on the client's quickbooks license i went to do the same process of going to connect quickbooks to iris and i came up with a bit of confusion i, I couldn't find that functionality i was like that's odd okay must have changed it must have moved it somewhere else i did a bit of research and turns out that this functionality broke three four years ago whatever it's going to be and iris's plan of attack was not to fix the functionality but to take and pull the functionality away from it completely um and it really got my back up at the time because that made a job that should have taken what you know four four hours start to finish was going to take eight hours plus almost by the time not just because of this one issue but because of other issues i was having and so it was just adding time and time and time to it um and it really got my back up because it's like you know software solutions like like iris and everything else should be your gold standard should be what we're all kind of uh, going towards but the way I've seen it, A, the fact that functionality has been taken away, I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, if it's there, then why not improve on it? But B, the fact that the software itself is still the same clunky mess that it was 10 years ago just scares me. Um, and, and, and I really got to a point where it was I was looking at this piece of software and thinking to myself, how are people being efficient with this? Like, we, we use so much... Um, like the software has moved so much in so in such little time that you know certain pieces of software are just stuck in the past and you know it worries me it worries me of the future of what accountancy software is going to be if the you know if one of the main players is uh, so kind of far behind so i yeah, like i said i'm going to do a whole deep dive for it and do a a look into it in more detail but yeah I, at this point in time i can't hold i can't recommend iris at all to any small practice out there i think it's uh you know the 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 time it takes extra to do a job and the cost that you're gonna have to pay extra to have that software just i, I can't get any benefit whatsoever so yeah it's uh it's it is probably the reason and he's got it apart from him why there's five million tax returns outstanding because they probably sat there waiting for iris to actually still load the tax return itself because yeah that's the uh future or the, the, the situation it's in so i mean have you ever used full-blown iris before i know you've had uh, dealings with some parts of iris as in tax <clears throat> no it, iris is always astronomically expensive and unjustifiable as an expense to me uh and my firm at any point really but i, I suppose i'm just thinking back to our quickbooks labs podcast last week where we were discussing the changes in QuickBooks and how so many accountants and bookkeepers get really annoyed with QuickBooks and for changing things and 
zero get the same amount of stick for changing the layout of their reports? So actually, are we saying that Iris know their industry so well that they don't <laughs> put change in because they know it upsets people? <laughs> so from one point of view, well done, Iris, because you've really nailed the industry stereotype of not liking change. But as you say, from a modern operating firm point of view, surely that just rules them out. I mean, I know there's a lot of people looking at jumping ship from centre and tax filer because it's yeah. all being merged into iris elements and they've got no faith that that's going to be the right product for them and i can see why based on that experience that you've got you know if we're going to just turn off a api to one of three leading general ledger softwares in the uk and leave it turned off for years rather than repair it in the vain hope i imagine that their their marketing angle on that was oh that will mean everyone's got to use cash flow their general ledger then that's not the way the industry's been working for the last few years and they really need to get a grip on how the industry does work mm. um so yeah it's it, they they seem a bit archaic in their thinking there compared to i, I, I was just completely shocked about it i mean just for the fact that the software hadn't changed and it's still that clunky interface where I can't even have open a, a separate account while dealing while, while trying to post some some uh, some journals, something as simple as that. You know, I can't just click a button and just see what my updates were. Like, you know, how dare I want to see what my journals that I've just posted are going to update without having to sit there waiting for it to process and bring through it? Yeah, it, it's just not user friendly, and the, and the fact that you know, yes, you can. Probably, well, I did. I exported the information from QuickBooks. I spent a bit of time and I then imported it into Iris. But I was almost, it was every step of that that process, it was almost like Iris was saying, are you sure you want to do this? This doesn't feel right. You want to actually import data in? What are you importing data in for? You know, I just, yeah, I was just flabbergasted by it. And I think, you know, yes, again, they are some, they, you know, for, for some firms out there, it is, probably all they ever know and they love that comfort blanket of being able to you know they can bring people in who know how to use iris because they've used iris before and it's exactly the same and if you used iris 10 years ago then you've got that comfort of being able to bring it in and and be able to carry on from where you are but i promise you anyone out there who's, who's still using iris at the moment there's so much better more efficient ways of doing things and you know that time you save just something as simple as being able to click a button and have that iris to quickbooks link so that you can get that data directly in that's a huge amount of time a huge amount of time that you can save and you times that by all your clients you know we're talking serious amount of ways in which you can improve your practice by not spending time on you know importing data but actually spending time building your practice putting efficiencies in and 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 talking to your clients it's yeah it, it's just scary that that's what what some practices are still going to have to have to deal with so yeah it's a shame it's a shame because again i i did i did have irises up there as the pinnacle as one day i want to be an iris firm but they've got a lot of convincing to do for, for me to ever jump back on that bandwagon at this point in time brilliant i think that's um i think that's the point though isn't it a lot of iris customers have always known it and always expect to know it to be the same and i think iris are riding that like 
these customers are so ingrained they won't go anywhere. Um, and you know, if that's what's working for you and your customer base, then that's great. But doesn't mean it's best in class, and it doesn't mean you do you're doing right by your customers. You know, accounting firms need to find profitability. Costs of wages are going up. The, there's a ceiling to how much a client's prepared to pay for certain services, uh, regardless of what all the business coaches in the world tell us. That, as accountants, yeah. there is a ceiling. Um, and as you get closer to that ceiling, that more and more potential clients drop off. So you've got to find the automations and the efficiencies to be able to make those clients profitable at a lower income. You know, and we were saying earlier, it's for us, it's really easy to do a self-assessment tax return. It can take 10, 15 minutes and we can charge 150 quid minimum like for that tax return. Well, if you had one of those, if you had six of those an hour for seven hours a day, that's a good profit. But you need the right softwares to make it a 10, 15 minute job, exactly. not a half a day job at a time. Because then, yeah, it's not profitable and you do need to charge six, seven hundred pounds to make it profitable. So, you know, you're almost by sticking with older fashioned, that slow inefficient softwares you're actually doing your clients a disservice as much as you are doing your own firm a disservice and employees of accounting firms aren't daft these are clever people and as the younger generation come in they know there's better ways of doing things and if you as a firm owner don't move to a more efficient modern system then that talent will move to where that software is used and if that talent moves, I can guarantee you're going to struggle to replace it because whenever we're recruiting, people ask us what softwares are you using? Yeah. Yeah. Like they want to know how efficient your processes are. You know, we can all turn around and say, oh, you're only going to work a 35 hour week and stuff. And they're like, well, that's all well and good. But if you've not got the right softwares and efficiencies in place, that's not achievable. So it's just a, just a statement made on a job description. You know, none of my guys are doing overtime at the moment because we've got the right efficient processes and systems in place. Yes, there's still tweaking to be done, and that's fine. We can start doing that. Like We've not really done this P60 fetch from HMRC this year, but we're really keen to start that next year, and that will save us a lot of time of chasing clients, and it will show us being proactive to our clients when we go, by the way, here's your tax return, and they go, well, hang on a minute. I've not given you anything. It's like, yeah, but we can exactly. get that information now. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, it's it is it's not just a cost of the software anymore that we've got to weigh up. No. There's so many factors now. And it's fairly easy to move as quickly as possible uh to other softwares without any headaches. Yeah, yeah. And so. I think you know, in, in defense of Iris, there are certain clients out there that, you know they need that level of complexity. So there are, you know, your bigger clients, you couldn't do it on on certain software that we're talking about, you know, your tax filers and your KPNs of the world just don't have that functionality to be able to deal with certain clients. So yeah, the, there will always be a place for more sophisticated software. But that doesn't mean that that software can't have some form of you know, improvement, enhancement in 10 years. It just, it baffles me. And and yes, there's been small little bits here and there, but ultimately it's the same software. And yeah, yeah, it, 
it, it just, yeah, I was completely flabbergasted by it. But hey, I mean, it shows us that this year we know behind the scenes, don't we, that there's some really exciting pieces of software coming out that's going to help that, that part of the industry. So I think that, you know, when those sort of things are, are properly launched and we can talk about them more, I think we're going to see a big shift personally in the way that people are are doing are doing this sort of um, <clears throat> software forward. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited about what we can do to, to improve and, and and I think you know practices like the one I've, I've been helping out, they're going to see some big improvements if they, you know, if they look and 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 find ways in which they can make things more more efficient for them. So it's exciting times. Definitely, definitely. Right after that rant, let's have a look at the comments. So we've got Wayne Wright's accountants. Morning, Andy. Um, Fetch isn't normally available until June, at, uh, earliest of June. I think they're trying to speed that up. So. The reason Fetch is normally not available is because P60s aren't legally have don't legally have to be issued until the end of May. Um, but I think as the EFS reports are going in to confirm the final report for the year, HMRC are trying to get that out. But it will be more trial and error of is this client's P60 available and just keep testing until it is. Um, yeah. But yes, by the end by the start of June, everyone's in theory should be available there. Yeah, I, um, I think and this year it's been a bit hit and miss as well as who who actually has it available, hasn't it? Yeah. Not hundred percent found out why, um, but we find like eighty percent of the time it's there um, and it's available to use. You know, yes, we've already said about having that that sixty four eight in place and everything else, um, but for some reason twenty percent of the time it's not there. And even it's sometimes it's actual P sixties we've done ourselves internally, so we know it's been submitted. We can prove it's there but for whatever reason it's not working so it's not it's not perfect um but i think it's a you know it's good for a start isn't it and it, it is so much more again efficiency is so much more efficient just to be able to click a button and that information appears um going forward brilliant and he andy also says a shout out to tax calcu they've been using uh you know tax calc is a good solution for a medium-sized firm um it irritates me that they say they're cloud-based when they're not. They've just got a link to a server. That's not cloud-based. A cloud-based solution, in my eyes, is something that I can access through a web browser, full stop. Don't need to download softwares, etc. Um, but yes, TaxCalc is a very powerful bit of kit. And if that's if you're happy to have softwares on your computers and stuff, then TaxCalc is definitely worth looking at. It, they've got some really impressive features, and they're very good at things like if you make any adjustments in tax calc, you can journal it through an API back to QuickBooks or Zero or Sage and stuff. So that's really helpful. Um, one question in from YouTube. Are there any good, cheapest alternatives to Iris for new startup firm? I mean, where do we start? <laughs> um, so Capium is a very good solution. Zero have got their own accounts and tax filing software if their features suit the clients that you're using them for. QuickBooks announced theirs back in October to go live in March um, with their books to tax or pro tax solution, whatever they're calling it now. Um, yeah, so overall, uh, tax calc is a, probably a cheaper solution than Iris. Um, so, yes, there's definitely some really good options out there. And it's down to just researching it and looking around and, you know, asking people in Facebook forums and stuff. The reason people don't know about the other solutions is a lack it's a lack of research and it's a bit of ignorance of just assuming this is the only solution out there and 
softwares will have you believe they're the only solution out there um, to save you looking around. But yeah, have a look around, ask around on Facebook groups and LinkedIn and stuff. And there is plenty of options out there that are very, very cost uh, beneficial. You know, Capium is very affordable as was tax filer. I don't know how much longer that's available for new stuff, new companies to join because that's going to be rolled into Iris Elements. But yeah, there's far better price-wise softwares out there. They may not have all the features Iris Door don't have, but plenty of research. Really easy to find this information online. And if you're struggling to find it online, just attend a conference. Mm. Go to Accountex. Go to Accounting Web Live. Go to Digital Accountancy Show because they're all there and they're all putting their wares on display and telling you how they are better than everyone else. Um, it just involves not spending all your time doing a tax return, um, which is the first challenge, isn't it? Because you can't, you're, you're using an inefficient software, so you haven't got yeah. time to look elsewhere. The, the one I'd put in the ring, and we've spoke about this before, is Sage, like for a new startup firm. My, they they have it. Uh, they you know you've never had it so well, haven't you? Because for a new startup firm, they have the ability to have an you know an okay piece of bookkeeping solution. I wouldn't say best in class personally, <laughs> but it is an okay piece of bookkeeping solution. But what you get with that is everything else that's with it. You get the whole ecosystem. You got go go proposals, so you can send out proposals. You've got a practice management solution that. Okay, not as good as something like Client Engager, but it's, you know, it'll do for you for, to begin with. But you have your accounts production and your tax production software built directly into it. Um, so for a new startup firm, I can't see any any downsides at the moment for just jumping on the Sage bandwagon, uh, getting yourself off the ground and then getting that confidence in there. And and keep making sure, I suppose the only thing I'd say is, Make sure that you're agile enough to be able to jump. I mean, you've you've shown. I mean, you jump from tax filer to KPM. Um, you know, that's what you've got to do as a firm these days. You've got to make sure that you've got that ag agility to be able to to jump on and and find the efficiencies that are elsewhere. So, to be fair, some might say trampoline uh, gymnasts spend less time jumping than I do between softwares, but you know, <laughs> a whole different conversation for another day. I can imagine um, your team every month, like, please don't change software. Please. <laughs> yeah. They are always torn. My team. Do we send him to another conference <laughs> to get him out of the office, which is always nice. Or, but if we do that, we risk him coming back with new ideas and new softwares. It's a bit of a mm, <laughs> moment. Nine out of 10 times. They still send me out. I take it I'm not wanted in the office. Um, but yeah, right, Aaron, we have a we have a client asking a question. So let's get this answered for him. Liam Peacock, actor. Is it true that you if you earn under £1,000, you don't even need to register as self-employed, but once you earn over £1,000, you then you have to? Over to you, sir. So first of all, we need to make sure what we mean by earn. So that's always the biggest issue that I find with people. So earn is your top line, your actual take home, uh, not take home, your actual money that you've actually sold. So if you're selling services like we have here with it as an actor, how much you've actually invoiced at that particular time, or if you're selling products and services, it's what you sell on those platforms to do it. So it is that very top line. That's how much that we're talking about when we say a thousand pound. And if you do earn more than a thousand or you sell more than a thousand pounds, get the term right, um, within a 
given tax year, then you do have to make sure it's on a tax return. My advice to people, you are right there. You don't even need to register for self-employed if you're below the £1,000 threshold. If you've only earned or you've only sold £800 in a particular tax year, there's no requirement for you to do a tax return. What I always say to people and say to clients that to give themselves that peace of mind, register yourself as self-employed or as a, a, as a self-employed, go do your tax return. And the tax return itself, if you're using HMRC's software, will even that say if it's below £1,000, you don't need to declare it. So, you know, instead of having to worry about have I missed the threshold, am I over the threshold or whatever it's going to be, get into that routine of doing a tax return. When it comes to completing that tax return, then you can add up, see how much you've had in a particular year, especially if your intention was as a seller to sell and your intention was to make profit out of whatever it is that you're you're selling. Um, and then that way, that way you can go do that tax return. If it's under a £1,000, don't need to declare it. If it's over a £1,000, then you're already there waiting to put it through your tax return there and then. So, yeah, it, that £1,000 threshold is true. It's correct. But just don't get called out by it. We've had too many people kind of be ignorant with it and not, you know, not realise that it's the turnover, not the profit and all sorts of manner of which people can get caught out. So, yes, you're right. £1,000 is your threshold. So, yeah, um, go from there. Yeah. I, I know, as Aaron says, you're better off being proactive because if HMRC spot that you're out doing stuff, they'll send you letters and they'll work out when they think you should have been registered from. And then you have to go through, you get the stressing anxiety of getting that letter. And then you've got to go through the whole rigmarole of telling them, well, this was my income, so I didn't have to register and they'll want to prove, etc." Whereas if you just register and file on HMRC's website, and that's now valid until 2026, 2027 minimum, then I'll just do that and file it. You're better off being open and upfront about £800 a year or whatever it is than waiting for HMRC to go, we think you should have been filing, and then arguing with them later that you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's a lot less hassle and anxiety and stress if you just register and file the numbers, even if they're below the thresholds, I find. Yeah, I did a video for Boffix that released on Thursday and we actually went through HMRC's portal properly from, you know, start to finish of getting yourself registered and everything, filing it. And one thing I will give them credit to as HMRC is their portal is evolving all the time and their tax return portal this time around is brilliant. It brings in any P60s that you may have, so you don't have to worry about bringing that information in. And it does say straight on that piece of, um, on that on the tailoring page there, if your turnover is below a thousand pound, you don't need to complete this. And they're making it really, really clear for you. So again, if you're already in that process of doing a tax return, and as Johan said, you know, in some countries, everyone has to do a tax return. So, you know, just you opting to do a tax return shouldn't be, you know, the biggest problem in the world. Um, but if you go through that process, then at that point, you're going to be asked that question each and every year. Is your turnover over a thousand pound? Yes or no? And then you can make sure you make the right decision then. Um, personally, I think that's by far the best way of doing it. And it just takes away that ambiguity, all that confusion, everything else that comes with it. And you should be absolutely fine at that point. Um, yeah. And then Paul says, final question, isn't it? Plus yeah. one for tax count here. Um, oh, yeah. Plus one for tax count. Still on the fence with their practice manager task job system. Well, I'll tell you what, Paul, get in touch and we'll have a chat about client engagement and how that's just better than what tax calc's offering. 
Um, I know for a fact Wainwrights are using tax and get uh, tax calc, but they're also using client engager for their practice management. So uh, they've seen the benefits. I'm sure you will as well. And I'm sure if enough people get to um, using tax calc and practice manage and client engager, then maybe there's some sort of integration API or something that can be considered in the future. You know, that's always a possibility, isn't it? The more people use it. So. I'd be on tax calc to decide that, unfortunately. They've not got anything at the moment. Um, oh, wait, so, they're not cloud-based, are they? So that does make sense. No. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, what can you do? Um, but, yeah, um, brilliant. Well, that has brought us up to the hour. Um, fantastic show, lots of coverage. Thank you for all the comments and questions in the live comments and questions, guys. That's what we're here for. We're here to answer those questions about your when do you need to register for self-employment? We're here to talk about what softwares are and aren't working for practices and how we can, you know, what we do and whether and what we've seen in the industry. You know, we talk to a lot of people talking about different softwares and stuff. So we like to think we know roughly what's going on in the industry and we can help advise and pass on those insights. Um, but yeah, so thank you very much to everyone that's taken part this week aaron what have you got coming up this week well, we've got eight days 14 hours 27 minutes and 24 seconds to uh, go so that kind of sums up what what this week's all about for me uh i've got two good videos coming out though one on the quickbooks channel one on the buffix channel all about how to get your tax return filed if you've left it to the last moment so if you are out there and you are still got your tax return to complete my biggest bit of advice is get yourself registered on hmrc portal that can take is it seven days at the moment to get that code yep. through so yeah you've got one day 14 hours 26 minutes and 56 seconds to uh get yourself registered on hmrc's portal but um once you've done that i've got some videos to help you get that done and dusted and get it filed so you don't get that penalty so yeah it's going to be a an interesting week let's put it that way what about you Jan? anything planned for this week uh i have got a video coming out about how we use armalytics uh, to solve nice. those bank reconciling headaches that we get when banks drop out their feed from QuickBooks or Xero. Um, so, yeah, that video is coming out. And for the rest of the week, it's just client meetings and discussions and phone calls and nagging the team until we've got all the tax returns filed, basically. Um, but, yeah, so thank you very much for everyone that's tuned in. Um, a fantastic show. Really enjoyed that. And we will look forward to seeing you all again next week. So that's everything from us. So thank you and goodbye. Cheers, everyone. Eight hours, 14, uh, eight days, 14 hours, 25 minutes and 50 seconds to go. It's like the talking Cheers, clock. Everyone. <laughs>